fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, you finally made it to the end of the week. It is a Friday. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Thanks for hanging out with us today, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, welcome aboard your Millennial General, doing what we do best here on the show each and every day, trying to... Have some fun, talk about some educational things, bring some common sense, reason, and rationale to the conversation, and doing it in a way that maybe make you uh, chuckle, or at least roll your eyes once in a while. I mean, (laughs) that's the goal at the end of the day, right? Welcome in. we got a lot to get to today. Brandon Smith, he'll be joining us today. He is the founder of the organization Alternative Market Project, as he talks about economic issues. Are we in an economic World War III? Already, like not like, oh, it's coming, get ready for World War Three. Are we already in the middle of a war economically between the radical left-wing socialists, let's just give everything away and raise taxes on the evil rich people, and the laissez-faire capitalist people that are just like, leave us the hell alone. We just want to live our life. Are we in an economic war already? We'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. There is a lot of things to talk about to kind of recap this week. Holy cow. First and foremost, I think it's kind of the most important and kind of the funniest to me, is there's a new poll out showing the support of Democrats going into the midterm elections and the election next year as well with the presidency. (laughs) And uh, we'll see how this goes. What's trending today? In our What's Trending story of the day, we're going to kick it off right now according to Breitbart.com. So take it as a conservative-leaning site here, just for your perspective on this. But according to the latest national polls, according to Breitbart.com, only 5% of Democrats say they support... Hillary Clinton running for president again in 2024. Now, I I know that doesn't fare well to the elite establishment that still runs the Democrat Party, is it? They got to remember the Clintons, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the Obamas, the Bidens. They're kind of the old guard that refuse to let go of their power because they just want things to run a certain way and they don't want anybody else to take over. They're a little threatened with the AOCs and the left-wing B-Squad, and I call them the B-Squad because they're not the A-Squad in any way, shape, or form. They're kind of short of a few colors in the crayon box, if you know what I mean. So they struggle a little bit with common sense, and they're ones trying to take over the Democrat Party. So where does the Democrat Party go from here? It's a conversation we like to have quite a bit on this program, but apparently it's not in the direction of Hillary Clinton running again because she has tried to make so many different comebacks. You don't hear from her for a while. Then she peeks her head up out of the sewers and she says a few things and she cackles a couple of times and she kind of blows off what the media is saying. And then she goes back down when her poll ratings go down and then she disappears for a while and then the support goes back up. Now, I'm assuming this is probably, if this is her high peak now when she's not being in the mainstream, imagine what it's going to be like when she actually starts opening her mouth again. Because as you know, she does really, really well at relating to her constituency. I don't feel no ways tired. (laughs) Yeah, well done, Hillary. Uh, She did speak at the New York State Democrat Convention just a couple of months ago. 
And at that time, the Durham investigation was just starting to heat up when they you know, realized that she lied about the whole Russian collusion with Trump and she had actually fabricated the entire thing and then had insiders within the CIA and the FBI take it and do the case and do the investigation. And then it like illegally impeached the president of the United States over something that was completely fabricated. Now we know that to such a degree that the Federal Election Commission has slapped a fine on her campaign for actually coming up with a scandal like that during an election time. So the media not wanting to report on this, not doing a good job of keeping it below the surface, and now 5% of Democrats not only liking Hillary Clinton right now. I'll never forget the time where they're sobbing in the 2016 election. They're crying. Hillary Clinton deserved it. She was going to be the first woman. How dare Republicans take that away from them? How we're a bunch of sexists and misogynists because we supported Donald Trump over someone like Hillary Clinton. I remember that, and it was sweet, sweet um, you know, sounds to my ears watching them because it was just hysterical watching them get the, get that emotional. There is, however, a new rise of a Democrat party, And it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, because as Nancy Pelosi can only hold on to power for so long before she decides to actually retire and step down. Chuck Schumer's going to be on the way out here relatively soon. Harry Reid's already out and uh, and, uh, kind of quiet in politics now, obviously. Uh, There is a lot of change going on in the Democrats, and they're scared because they're not bracing the new generation of Democrat leaders in the party. They are so iron-gripped into the party that they're afraid to let it go and actually have new faces come up. However, they're starting to see some slowly emerge. I mean, Joe Biden obviously can't remember his name half the time, so you know it's going to be not the Joe Biden party moving forward. Is it going to be the Kamala Harris? Probably not, because the Democrats don't even like her. She's got one of the most lowest approval ratings as a vice president, was one of the lowest approved senators uh, in the in most progressive senators, by the way, as well. So she doesn't have a whole lot of polling. So where's it going to be? It's not AOC. She's kind of too radical. And again, not the brightest individual in the world. I am told this is a garbage disposal. Still my favorite clip out of all times. So there's a new headline from Axios where they're kind of giddy about this one. Is she going to be the new face? Apparently, the communication managers and the press secretaries are the leaders of the movements of the parties. We had Kaylee McNaney on our side of the aisle during Trump, and she was fantastic. And now she's starting to make a name for herself, and she's considering some runs politically uh, wherever she's at now. But Jen Psaki is apparently planning on leaving the White House in May to become a talking point or a host or something with MSNBC. Now, now. I take that as you may. I mean, obviously, MSNBC needs all the help and ratings they can get because no one watches their crap. But uh, she is she really the best one for it? I mean, circle back Jen, where she doesn't have any answers. She's really snarky with the media outlets and doesn't actually give you anything. She's well, have to get back to you on that one because i don't really know i'm supposed to be representing the white house right now and i just don't know what i'm talking about that's kind of interesting that she's leaving the white house to go to msnbc as she's talking on contractual stuff there but she's going to be the new face of the democrats apparently because right now there is this internal war and we've talked about it many times on the show there is a major internal war within the democrats between the old guard of the joe bidens the nancy pelosi's the hillary clinton's the chuck schumer's 
and the new guard, the AOCs. Uh, even I would even say the Joe Manchins. He's like an old guard, but yet he's the moderate Democrat that's fighting against them. And boy, is he causing some ruckus within the Democrat Party because you're not supposed to have independent thought within the ranks of the Democrats. It's supposed to be the top down. Do as we tell you. We just give you your marching orders and then you do it. Then the mainstream media follows it and the Democrat leadership just goes along with it. And the Democrat voters just kind of go along with it. That's why they suck it up and they just deal with a super super delegate in their primary election system because they don't like actually having voices and independence. They actually like the leadership telling them who to vote for, which is why Democrats have a super delegate when you actually go and vote in your primary elections. There is some uh, uh, policymaking to be made right now to try and set the stage for the general election coming up in November of this year for the midterms. And what Joe Biden does as the leader of the party and the leader of the free world right now is going to set that tone for the Democrats. And so far, as we've talked about many times on this show, it's not really working out for them right now. And they're trying to figure out something. Just the one policy that they can hype up as something that's like a great you know, success for them. The economy hasn't worked out well for them. The pullout of Afghanistan hasn't worked out. The whole issue with Russia and the Ukraine hasn't worked out. Although I will give them credit, even though they have handled it horribly, their poll ratings have gone up in the support of, do you think that he's handling this issue properly? And their approval ratings have gone up slightly on that issue. Don't know why, but it has. But it hasn't gone up on the economy. It hasn't gone up on Afghanistan. It hasn't gone up on uh, the border issue. So they don't have a whole lot to campaign on. And we've asked this question for a while now. What is going to be the actual campaign platform for the Democrats for them to say, hey, you shouldn't give Republicans the majority right now because we got this under control (laughs) because right now they haven't had anything under control. MSN reports that the big uh, stab at a successful agenda to some degree is going to be the border in immigration by actually letting title 14 expire which for those that don't know it was the medical uh, uh medical executive order from the trump administration saying that we should probably stop immigrants coming into the country at least illegally that if you find them at the border they have the right to be automatically deported without even a trial or hearing due to concerns of medical issues obviously with covid-19 the uh, the biden administration did renew that title 14 when they first got into office and now they're looking at letting that expire well that itself is already starting to cause some controversy within the Democrat ranks because Joe Manchin, the moderate Democrat from West Virginia, who obviously has to recognize that he's got a lot of Republican supporters, a lot of Trump supporters, he's starting to realize maybe that's not the smartest thing to do right now. It's still a major disaster. The Every expert out there is anticipating a major spike in immigrants, illegal immigrants, flooding the border as soon as this does expire because then there's no reason for them to do an automatic deportation. So we know there's going to be a major spike in illegal immigrants crossing the border as soon as this happens. And that, again, is not going to look good for the Biden administration, who's trying to say they have the issue under control. Now, when I say they try to have it under control, that is they give it to the czar that was supposed to handle the task force, which was the vice president, Kamala Harris, who never went to the border, who got booed out of Central America, and then who went to California for a vacation and said that she was looking at immigration issues. That's the person that's handling the immigration policy right now. And obviously it hasn't worked out. So now the Washington Post and MSN are even reporting that, hey, maybe this shouldn't be the issue that Democrats run on is the immigration thing because it's not faring well. 
and Joe Manchin, again, being the stickler in the Democrat ranks that's making it difficult for the Democrats to actually do a platform. Which I find hilarious because AOC is trying to push another issue. Obviously, as the new young upcomer in the Democrat ranks, it's trying to kind of take control of the the power. And I got to give her credit. I think she really is taking control of the Democrats in a, in a very dramatic way where uh, people are listening to her and the Democrats are on defense internally within her because they don't like her dictating policy. But she's kind of calling them out on some things. And I find it hilarious. She thinks that the way that you win over people in the election is to give more crap away. Just free goodies, more socialism, as she got caught walking out of the Capitol by Fox Business. And she said that what needs to be happening right now is for Biden to be uh, focusing on the young generation and the young voters and how to boost his approval ratings is by canceling student loan debt. What the president can do to serve them, student loan forgiveness, Joe Manchin stopping the BBB, the Build Back Better plan, how dare he do that? But it's not independent swing voters that are making Joe Biden low in the approvals. It's the young voters that aren't being served because you're not giving them more free goodies. We'll talk about that when we come back here on The Voice of Reason for a Friday. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I get comments every time I bring up Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Andy, why do you talk about her so much? She is so easy to pick on. It's just a low-hanging fruit for a talk radio host. She is. Oh, she is. She is way too easy to pick on because she's not the brightest crayon in the box. It's not the sharpest spoon in the set. What's the other phrasing? I don't know. Whatever. However you want to phrase that. She's not. And it's funny to pick on her. The problem is, though, is that she is running the behind the scenes of the Democrat Party. And imagine how scary that is for us. The fact that we have a nation that's being run by two major parties. Don't like the two-party system, but we have to face facts. And that's really the reality that we live in today, unfortunately. And one of those parties is run by the elites that have ran it for years. And then the new and upcomers that are the extreme left radical crazies that have taken things to another level. And they're the ones dictating to the party, calling them out on things. They are steering them in a very dangerous direction. And they are a large faction of the party, whether the Democrats want to admit it or not. The AOCs, the Ilhan Omars, the Rashida Tlaibs, the uh, however, even Kamala Harris, even as the VP, extremely left-wing progressive. And now she's saying, hey, Joe Biden, your poll ratings are not low because you're trying to pander to the middle of the road you know, average American that's the independent, that's an unsure voter, you're low because the young voters, the millennial voters, are not being serviced, a.k.a. not being given enough goodies. And if you would just take care of their number one major issue to them, which is student loans, and you just got rid of their student loans, they would vote for you forever and you would just be setting up a whole new generation of Democrat voters. Which, I gotta be honest, um, is radical and as stupid as that is, and we'll get to that and why in just a second, she's not wrong to a degree. Because if you realize they built an entire voter base for an entire generation on the Democrats by passing a lot of social programs. They did it with the New Deal after World War II. They did it with trying to play off about Republicans being racist and trying to take care, and I use that in air quotes to my radio listeners, trying to take care of minority voters and minority and inner city communities by giving them social programs by giving them more uh, money into the department of education now they put glass ceilings on them they cut out the minimum wage to kill off the entry-level positions for them they cut off opportunities and killed it for them and then they say well we're just going to pass affirmative action and we're going to do these other things but you are keeping them contained while trying to tell them that you're actually helping them when you break free from the government stuff and you actually do your own thing then you tend to succeed And that's why they don't like the success stories of like Ben Carson and other places where it's like, yeah, I actually worked really hard and actually went to college and paid off my debts and I actually made something of myself and I actually became an individual. They don't like that from any minority individual, whether it's a black individual, an an Asian individual, a Native American individual. They don't like those. They want to keep you on the reservation. They want to keep you on the government dime. And when you do, then they're taking care of you and then just scare you by saying, oh, Republicans want to get rid of that stuff to where you're just going to die in the streets. 
it's a fascinating conversation, and they want to do that now because people are starting to wake up from those generations and from those boxes of those identity politics. They're starting to wake up and get rid of those mindsets. So we need a new flavor of generations that are going to be forever voting for Democrats. And what better way to do it than take the up-and-coming millennial generation that now I mean, I'm 33. The millennials starting to become that 30 years of age where they start to actually consider themselves an adult and they're starting to realize how hard the world actually is. What better way to secure and lock in that that voting generational base by just repealing and getting rid of student loan debts? Oh, yeah. She goes another level, though, in a level of stupid that I've never heard. And this is what she said thereafter. Well, I generally, I, I generally. By the way, this was a question by again Fox Business asking, "Hey, by the way, if you do pass student loan forgiveness, would you allow Congress individuals to do it as well, or is that a conflict of interest?" Well, I generally, I, I generally believe in universal policy, policies, so universal health care, um, and I believe that uh, universal policies in general is the way to go. But you know, whatever. Uh, Whatever the, the, the president decides in the executive order is what he decides. But, uh, but this is squarely in his in, in his jurisdiction. It actually doesn't take an act of Congress to forgive I don't know if you heard that or not. It actually doesn't take an act of Congress to forgive student loans. It is in his court. He can do that all by himself without Congress. Say, what? I wasn't aware of that. We'll do that when we come back. Stay reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Good golly, I don't care what anybody says. This show flies right on by halfway through already for a Friday. Trying to get you set for the weekend, making your brain expand just a little bit. At least we try to. The thought-provoking conversations on this show. And we'll we'll get back to uh, the clips from the great AOC. And I say that with all the sarcasm in the world, believe me. Uh, with what she's saying about what Biden should be doing to try and raise his approval ratings right now, who he should be focused on and what he should be giving away. And remember, he doesn't need congressional approval to be able to eliminate student loan debts. I just want to throw this number out there for you just to let you know. There is $1.749 trillion, $1.749 trillion in student loan debt right now uh, with an average of 43.4 million borrowers of student loan debt. Almost $2 trillion dollars. And apparently, according to AOC, we don't need congressional approval to be able to eliminate that stuff. It's just uh, just an executive order. Boom, it's done. And then we can apparently just live happily ever after, right? That's uh, 
That's what she said to Fox Business. Well, I generally, I, I generally believe in universal policy, policies, so universal health care, um, and I believe that uh, universal policies in general is the way to go. But you know, whatever. Uh, Whatever the, the, the president decides in the executive order is what he decides. But uh, but this is squarely in his in his jurisdiction. It actually doesn't take an act of Congress to forgive student loans doesn't take an act of Congress to forgive student loans. That's quite interesting. Was not aware of that. I thought the House representatives actually handled the power of the purse and that they handled the budget and the finances. But no, eh, Joe Biden, the president, he can just sign an executive order. Boom, it's done, baby. Uh, let's talk about some of this and some more with our latest in what's trending. What's trending today? We're obviously seeing a major difference when it comes to economic ideas. Now, here's where I love to talk because, number one, I love talking about economic policy. I also love talking about the difference in philosophy of this. And this is why I always try and bring, hey, libertarians, come back to the Republican Party. I know it's frustrating. I'm mostly libertarian myself as well. Come back to the party because then we can actually have values and we can have morals and we can actually have a backbone and we can differ on social issues or certain little things here and there. But none of it matters if we don't have an economy that's actually sound. And right now, we don't have an economy that's sound. We have an 8% inflation rate. We have energy where we're apparently going to start just getting rid of her and depleting our energy reserves and oil reserves by a million barrels a day because that makes all the sense in the world when it's not going to drop gas price in any way, shape, or form. We have people that want to give crap away like this with the Green New Deal and with the Build Back Better plan and with uh, student loan forgiveness. Then we have the other side that's like, hey, can we please just get back to like the invisible hand of Adam Smith and like actually get back to capitalism and free market, laissez-faire, supply-demand markets, you know, like rational things that actually boosted the economy and actually grew what we are today. There's a major difference here. So here's the big question. Are we in an economic war? Some say they are, including this guy here. Super happy to have this guy on the program. He is the founder of the Alternative Market Project. You can find him at alt-market.us, as you can find them being able to break down some of the disinformation on the mainstream media. Uh, some of the economic instability, as well as some of the practical solutions to prepare for the insanity going on in the world today. Happy to have on the program Brandon Smith with us here. Brandon, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show. Here's the big question. Are we in an economic war right now with the major difference in ideas from like, hey, can we just be capitalist again? Not crony capitalism and using the government for benefit, but just laissez-faire, leave me the hell on, I want to start a business. And then those that are like, hey, you're making too much money. We need to redistribute your wealth and just give away more goodies. Are we in an economic war? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think on, on multiple levels. I, if you look at the situation with Russia right now, that that alone uh, is right now an economic war. I think uh, Putin just announced that he's going to restrict uh, gas and oil supplies to anyone who refuses to pay for them in rubles instead of dollars, uh, the dollar being the global petrocurrency up until this point, at least. And uh, that's going to be devastating to anybody, any nation that refuses, at least in terms of uh, Europe, which is dependent on Russia for at least 40% of its oil and gas uh, supplies and energy. So if they refuse to pay in rubles, uh, they're in real trouble. Uh, Half their energy is dependent on them. And uh, this is just, I think, the beginning of a trend globally uh, away from the dollar, not just as the petrocurrency, but as the world reserve currency. 
the currency being used for trade for most goods around the world is the dollar. And I think that there's a trend uh, to move away from that. And that's that in itself, I think, is the beginning of a major economic war. Uh, but on the on a deeper level, there is an economic war going on, uh, almost like a, <clears throat> a sabotage or saboteur uh, war uh, against uh, specifically, I think, the American people. I think that the Federal Reserve and uh, the powers that be have decided that they need to take the American public down a peg or two. Uh, through uh, engineered inflation, through engineered economic crisis, and uh, I believe that the the purpose of this economic war against the American people is to get us to become so desperate that we're willing to give up a lot of our freedoms and just uh, to trade them for a little bit of stability, a little bit of economic stability. Uh, and I think the end game of this is total centralization where, uh, you know, most of the American economy is actually managed from outside the United States through global institutions. Man, that's a very scary thought and uh, kind of sets a doom and gloom mindset there. But you're right. I mean, they've already strained the system from COVID-19. The book came out shortly after the COVID pandemic broke out about the Great Reset, wanting more centralized control and power, not just at our federal government level, but as you mentioned, in the international level. So, I mean, are they just kind of piggybacking on that? Let's crash the U.S. economy during COVID, say you're a non-essential business, crash the dollar, strain our system by printing massive amounts of money to give us a quote-unquote stimulus paycheck, but then cause some turmoil globally to where the U.S. dollar becomes so unstable that we need to centralize and find some type of universal currency. Yeah, actually, and the IMF has been talking about this since at least uh, the year 2000. They've been talking about uh, their desire for a one-world currency system uh, tied to uh, a, a currency mechanism they already have in place called the Special Drawing Rights. And uh, the, I think the goal here, or the, the, the plan, is to bring down, especially the dollar, but multiple currencies around the world, bring them down uh, through inflation, uh, at least to a point, and then during that crisis offer the public a new system, a new way of doing things in which the IMF would be at sort of at the helm, and they would use the SDR as the backing or sort of like a, uh, a glue to hold all these currencies together into one basket system. But by doing that, we, we basically hand over a massive amount of control over our economy to this one institution that's, that's a global institution. It's not necessarily uh, loyal to the United States, and none of those people get elected. Sure. Do you think that this is maybe starting to backfire on them? Obviously, with the instability in the globe, we, we like to always centralize power, which has always been the downfall of mankind for through like every society uh, throughout history. But right now we're seeing it play out in the United Nations as a prime example with what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine to where the U.N. refuses to step in even for humanitarian relief and say, hey, Russia, stop the crap right now and stop invading and blowing up maternity wards and long-term care facilities. They can't do that because Russia, being a part of the U.N., has voted against any of that interaction, and therefore they're scared to actually do anything. So hasn't the whole mindset of let's centralize power kind of backfired in the sense that it doesn't even step in to do its own job because the powers at bay are the ones doing the bad deeds? Well, here's the thing, and it, this is what's funny about it or ironic about it in a way, 
the the way they've established this system, it's it's almost designed not to work. Um, <laughs> I, I think what they're doing here is they're they're building up a situation in which you know, for one, where there's going to be a global economic war, probably probably between uh, U.S., Europe, and the East, Russia and China. Um, and what they'll say at the end of it, after the disaster is over, they'll say that, well, we weren't centralized enough. Uh, we need more centralization. Uh, this, we could have stopped this if we had a one-world system in place. That's, that will be their argument. That makes total sense because that's what they do here. It's uh, socialism. You know, it's uh, we never had a truly socialist nation ever before. So if we would just reinvent the wheel and do it in a more pure form, then this time it'll work. This time the socialism will work. And this time we won't be eating zoo animals like we do see in Venezuela and that sort of thing. And uh, that's always their argument is they don't go far enough. That's kind of loony, isn't it? Yeah, that, but this is this has always been the argument, and after pretty much after you'll notice that these people, the you know global institutions, that they'll ju- sort of jump in after every single crisis that happens, at least in the past century or so. So you had uh, the League of Nations after World War One, you had the UN uh, and the IMF after World War Two. Um, so I, I imagine after a global economic war, they'll try to come in with something even bigger than that. Wow, that's crazy. But you're right. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them in any way, shape, or form. We're talking with Brandon Smith. He's the founder of Alternative Market Project. Uh, you can find them online at alt-market.us, alt-market.us. You can see all the great information they have there, trying to break down some of the latest current events. Let's take a break. we got to take a hard break here. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about some of the stuff that's going on here while they're trying to push this system, trying to strain this system trying to take it to another level. There's a social experiment that's coming out of California, uh, you know, shocker, and Los Angeles specifically, where they're going to be doing a bit of an economic social experiment to try and prove to the rest of the country that we need more socialism, universal basic incomes, and more. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Plus, the student loan forgiveness thing, is this the plan to really push it over that ledge as well? $1.7 trillion in student loan debt in the nation. That Why not? Just write it off. And the president can do it without congressional approval. We'll get to all that and more with Brandon Smith when we come back here on a Friday episode of The Voice Reason. Lots more to get to. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, do want to remind you for the last time, Monday morning we'll be having our newsletter come out for all of our Hoosier-holics out there. So if you want to sign up for the newsletter, totally free, you can do so. Just go to the website, HoosierReason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. You can sign up. It'll pop up, say, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? You're like, uh, Yeah. Type in your email. It's totally free. We don't spam you a whole lot. All we do is literally send you an email once a month with our newsletter. It's awesome. we got our blog on there for the month. We have some updates from the show with what's going on with The Voice of Reason, what's latest with the Hoosier Media Network. We have some feel-good stuff. We have our Civic Holidays of the Month coming up. It's really cool stuff, and it's totally free, and you'll just get that email. So to go to HoosierReason.com, sign up, and uh, get on there before we send out that newsletter Monday morning. Got a few minutes left here with the man himself, Brandon Smith. He's the founder of the Alternative Market Project. Find them online at alt-market.us. Uh, uh, Brandon, so you'll enjoy this. We're talking about the expansion of socialism here. This uh, take advantage, you know, don't let a crisis go to waste mindset from the left side of the aisle. One of the comments on social media I love Tin foil hat lunatic conspiracy verbal diarrhea. There you go. So we're just we're a bunch of conspiracy theorists, Brandon. I mean, how dare that we think that socialists are going to try and take advantage of a socialist opportunity? Yeah, and that uh, that way of thinking is delusional because um, it's you know everything that we've talked about here is backed by facts and evidence. I mean, I could talk for hours about just the uh, the, the words from the globalists' own mouths. Uh, supporting everything that we've just said, so that person is delusional. Well, it's just it's it's sad. I mean, if they if they like it, if they just want to put the blinders on and just want to let things happen, then that's cool. But we're not here to do that, and we want to expose some of this. Let's talk about what's going on domestically here to push us further and further into that. Outside of the global issues, right now we have inflation sitting at eight percent because we've printed a crap ton of money over the last couple of years with COVID nineteen, with our you know thirteen hundred dollar thousand dollar stimulus paycheck that's eventually going to cost us like 20 grand a person in interest from the federal government. We have uh, oil that we're now going to deplete our reserves because somehow in our consuming of 22 to 24 million barrels a day, 
releasing one million barrels a day for the next six months that's just going to empty our reserves is somehow going to lower gas prices. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Then you got AOC just saying, hey, remove and eliminate student loan debt, $1.7 trillion of student loan debt. Just remove it, eliminate it, build a new voter base for the Democrat Party for the next generation, and that'll stimulate the economy. I mean, I have a hard time comprehending this kind of logic here. Well, I think it's all sort of leading to a system which, in which you have universal basic income, this, this idea that the government needs to step into every crisis and the, the solution is to print more money and uh, throw it from helicopters onto the, the public and into uh, various corporations. It's, it's not, it hasn't worked before, and it's not going to work now. And uh, even just you look at the COVID uh, situation where they dumped about $6 trillion in a single year in 2020 into the system, uh, all that we got out of that really was um, people got to sit on their butts for a year and do nothing, uh, which caused an, a, a, a worker crisis, and then we now we have inflation. We have forty-year high inflation uh, stemming from that. Yeah, yeah, we got eight percent inflation and trillions of dollars worth of spending for COVID nineteen, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Like. I think we need some kind of shirt that actually says that. There is, as you mentioned, a social experiment going on with the, the universal basic income. They tried it with the child tax credit thing over the last year, and thankfully that stopped at the, the end of December. But now Market Watch shows Los Angeles wanting to guarantee a thousand people with a thousand dollars a month for three years as they try to prove that the guaranteed basic income would actually work in society. We got about a minute here before we have to wrap up, but. Your thoughts on this social experiment coming out of Los Angeles? A thousand people getting paid a thousand bucks a month for the next three years. Uh, well, it's not going to work because inflation is going up at a rate that uh, the that thousand dollars is not going to make much difference. And uh, I think people have some uh, sort of you know fantasies in their head that it would be just like COVID, where uh, they're going to be able to sit around you know and do nothing while taking in enough money to pay their bills, and that's not going to happen either. I think dependency on the government is a bad idea when government becomes mommy and daddy. Uh, sometimes mommy and daddy can be abusive. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, especially government as mommy and daddy can be abusive, so you don't want to be dependent on them. Amen to that. I love it. It's Brandon Smith. It is Alt-Market, alt-market.us. Go and check it out, the Alternative Market Project. Brandon, great to have you in the program, my friend. Let's do it again soon. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Hey, appreciate that very much. There it is. Show's all done for the week. Wrap it up. Back at it next week. We have a laundry list of things to get to. We'll talk some more about that next week as well with the guaranteed income coming from the L.A. Your thoughts on that. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Do the change in your own community. Make it a better place. Until then, this is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on 
religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course, yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.